We back in the lab, we making some noise, so go turn your decibels up. Yeah. Black skin, white coat, oh no, who was nice as us? Made Jim Sam really told us no limits, so we about to take this up. Went from mixing in the kitchen to the lab, and now now I can make this up. Whoa. Be shy, be scientist, be shy, be scientist. We shining a light on the people of color to show them how fly it is. Be shy, be scientist, be shy, be scientist. We back in the lab with white coats on our backs on the show, what time it is. Hey. And welcome to the Be Scientist Podcast, a podcast by the Black Science Coalition Institute. I am one of your co-hosts, Jordan Chapman, and as always, we have fellow co-host, Jana Carpenter. And today, we're going to get into, we're going to kind of bounce around in a bunch of different ways. Jenna, you wanted to talk about identity? I did, I did. So, looking back at the uh, previous uh, uh, gender the body and uh, fieldwork symposium. I just felt like we had such great conversation with Edgar and Tia that I wanted to continue the conversation about ways that we, you know, identify and you know go about uh, walking through society and um, ways that we counteract that with how we uh, move in the world as scientists. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah, well, and again, shout out to Tia and Ed for coming on that episode and again apologies for my zoom voice i guess zoom does not like my voice i don't know why zoom just doesn't like my voice because we did our another episode after that and it still was kind of robotic you know it, we zoom is great zoom. we love zoom zoom is fine okay zoom if you're listening we love you okay <laughs> however <laughs> it's it's probably just my voice and also the fact that i am not an audio engineer <laughs> I mean, no, Zoom is kind of complicated mm -hmm. to navigate, and we have really no control over those audio settings. So. Yeah. And even if we did, we'd have to go through so much work to change the, yeah. the full, I, like, it's What's dynamic. that? Who's the dude on Star Trek who's always like, I'm a like a doctor or something and not like an engineer? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do, but I can't remember I can't his remember name. can't remember his name. Wow, I just lost so many cool points. <laughs> Me too. Dang. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, but we're going to get into, I got a couple of updates. One, we have at our science policy office per officer position, um, Chanel Tolson is now our science, science policy officer. And so congrats to Chanel. Super happy to have you. Um, can't wait to have you on the podcast because uh, she is super amazing at science communication. And we're excited to figure out how we're going to get into more social justice stuff because we at BSI have kind of been trying to get into that. I mean, just in the inception of the organization itself. But uh, it's a complicated world, surprisingly, right? Social justice. And to make sure that we can actually get into it and make it uh, make it something that we can fully get behind and make sure that we get an effective message across, we decided that a science policy officer would be the best way to do that. So we're ex really excited to see how that's going to turn out. Um, we're still looking for a content manager if you know anybody who would like to be our content manager and become a board member just let them know and we'll put that link in our show notes and yeah uh and then uh, one thing that i saw recently in science news is that the arecibo observatory is being decommissioned and for those who don't know the arecibo observatory is a large communication satellite that's very uh it does it helps a lot with uh climate and planetary science and have you ever heard of something called the Arecibo message 
that is a very uh very old and important way that we've tried to do extraterrestrial communication and why the message itself wasn't necessarily geared towards actual contact it was more of a practice run it's still a pretty significant step in trying to figure out how we would communicate with intelligent life elsewhere in the universe and that communication went out on november 16th 1974 uh so happy second birthday to my mom and Aww. <laughs> yeah and, so sweet. Uh, it's being decommissioned because uh there are some damages in the cable network that is holding up the satellite because it's kind of like over a pit and it's kind of just kind of hanging there um and there have been some recent hurricanes and earthquakes in puerto rico which is where the observatory is and it's not well known if those have contributed contributed to the structural failure but after some independent assessments it was determined that It'd be better to decommission it. So uh, rest in peace to the de- whenever it does uh, become f- completely decomm- decommissioned. It'll be kind of a sad day for planetary scientists and astronomers. So I just wanted to bring that up really fast. Um, and also, I made a science playlist uh, what? on Spotify, and it's that's exciting. Yeah, so I will put that in the show show notes too. And I highly recommend it because I'm not, you know. I don't mean to brag, but it's a pretty good playlist. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it's it's also, it's got a lot of hip-hop, um, a lot of rock, but it's I, I think Kendrick Lamar himself makes probably, like, four different appearances, which, like, I'm a huge Kendrick Lamar fan, so maybe that's my, my bias. I mean, if you're asking me, you're being a little conservative. <laughs> so <laughs> we could do it a little bit more, Kendrick. I got to put some more. I mean, but... I'll, I'll be editing it for the rest of my life so if you have any suggestions just let me know fantastic okay <laughs> we always need a playlist for when we're in the lab for mm-hmm. long 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 oh, days yeah. jenna definitely knows so that's awesome mm-hmm. i'm definitely gonna have to give that a listen so yeah i'm gonna put that in the show. like i said i'm gonna put that in the show notes and please send me suggestions if you have any ideas of what can go on a playlist because i would right now i think the total runtime is something like four hours Wow. If we can get to 24, that'd be beautiful. That'd be great. Science all day. All day long. (laughs) But yeah, you want to talk about identity, so let's get into it. Yeah, sure. So uh, just for like, I guess, a blanket statement before we get into our own experiences, I think it would be good to just define what identity is. But more specifically, I think um, I would want to define ethnic identity, which is... uh, person's social identity within a larger context based on membership in a cultural or social group and so obviously for me i very obviously uh am black Mm -hmm. and so um that is the identity that i wanted to kind of uh go into deeper detail about how i experience life ways that have impacted me, uh, especially in the science community. So I think there's no other way to start than with like the beginning. And so what we kind of touched on with Tia and Edgar was how they started the process, you know, certain like hurdles they had to face uh, in terms of the intersection of their identities and science. And so one thing that Tia mentioned was that you know, the way that we talk sometimes can be perceived in certain ways. And so uh, for me personally, I know I, I'm i from the South. 
Mm -hmm. right like i also am southern Mm -hmm. in a sense right but my like inflections and when i talk like maybe he doesn't sound super southern you know like i don't really talk with a southern accent or whatever right right i don't necessarily hear that from you when you talk yeah yeah and i don't know if it's something that i've just like purposefully learned and like actively got rid of Mm -hmm. but it's something i think about a lot and also with code switching Mm. so i definitely definitely code switch all day every day (laughs) yeah depending on who i'm talking to right depending on the vibe like Mm -hmm. it really just depends on the situation but i often find that like if i'm not comfortable with you especially if you're not someone that i can relate to on a social level Mm -hmm. then i definitely find myself like I'm going to talk more proper and, oh, that's very funny. That's okay. You know, like it it becomes very like almost professional in a way. And I hate to say that it's like I conform to like a white audience Mm -hmm. um, because oftentimes in science, we find ourselves in spaces that don't necessarily look like us. Right. And so I do think that has played a role as well. Uh, But it's all very complicated and it's uh, something that I think would be good to talk about because I know that this is something we all kind of like, especially in the black and brown community that we constantly face and are constantly thinking about on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it is. I, I definitely code switch. And I'm not from the South, but I'm from Philly. And I remember, I don't have the source for this, so you won't hear our citation <laughs> sound, but... I know that the Philly African-American vernacular or AAVE or sometimes it's called just simply Ebonics. Um, I know that ours is pretty unique and especially in uh, like that Northeast dialect because the Northeast also has its own dialect and that's really interesting. But ours is like very specific because if you know anything about Philly, you will know there is one word that we use for almost everything and that is John. And it is one of my favorite words ever because it just it's just so good. Like, what is this thing that's currently helping us record the podcast? This joint? It's so easy. It's like yeah, it's, concise, it's a mix. Yeah. To the point. To the point. Makes perfect sense. I, I've definitely used that. Mm-hmm. Like I have heard people in the South use it. Oh yeah. 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 But I have heard people and this is how I know because I remember getting into a discussion with somebody about this. But they were like, Oh no, like it's um it just happened. Or I was reading an article. And again, I don't have the citation for it. But I think it might have been in the Philadelphia Inquirer. But it was like, oh, like, John is just something that happened in Philly. But the reason I know that it just, it, yes, it happened in Philly. But the reason I know it's definitely associated with black people in Philly is because if you ever used to watch BET and you used to watch BET's new joint of the week. That's what I was literally about to say. Yeah. Like that's what the other word that I mm-hmm. use, joint right. or John. Like it depends on on the context. But. Yeah, because it's like that. Both of those words were words that African Americans used, and then I think what happened in Philly is that because we have such a unique accent and that we kind of like draw. I don't know if it's necessarily a draw, but we definitely like kind of mumble sometimes. I know I definitely mumble. If you have heard of it, I mumble all the time. But like. I think that's how John, I think that's how in Philly that it became, it went from joint to John. And I think it kind of, it, now it's just that thing that happened in Philly. But that's something I think about a lot. But I think you touched on a lot of really good points. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 something very special because it's, it's really not something that you like 
have to learn necessarily like it's mm-hmm. just a part of the culture right um and i don't know it's it's so it's funny because i i follow on social media this uh embracing black culture this uh page on instagram and okay you i mean tread lightly this is not this is in no way a science-based mm-hmm. social media account right so um take that into account but the representation of black culture on that page is so accurate (laughs) because it's almost you know like it's so widespread like it doesn't matter if you're from philly right Right. or savannah like me Mm -hmm. you know there's so many ways in which we find similarities in the ways that we talk and the ways that we like have experienced life you know like it's all kind of interconnected and i always think that's really interesting yeah it's funny, you know, because we just, so you, B-Side at the University of South Carolina just did a workshop last, this past week mm-hmm. on Wednesday, where they talked about, like, dealing with microaggressions and how to effectively do it. And the reason I'm thinking about it is because I remember someone, um, one, thanks for inviting me, USC, because you thought that's our first ever B-Side chapter. Um, and they invited me and I was super appreciative to be there, but someone mentioned in the conversation that it is crazy that some of these things are so like ingrained in our culture, even though we are so spread out. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of microaggression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What you got? Oh no. But I'm, I, again, I really like congrats to uh, USC mm-hmm. and, that's awesome that you're on the panel as well because mm-hmm. um yeah these are it's it's great to have that discussion um but yeah no microaggressions are very real mm-hmm. and it's also something that we kind of like are able to easily connect on because we all experience them who are black and brown people yeah. right like there's oftentimes it's always like the same types of microaggressions mm-hmm. like oh can i touch your hair right. you know like that's always a very it's like you got nice hair but it's not for you it's not for your consumption it's mine it's a part of my body it's part of my identity Mm -hmm. you don't get to feed on that Mm -hmm. um but that's a whole other (laughs) episode (laughs) i could list all day a list of grievances i have about the ways in which people approach me and my own experience as a black person but you definitely um, could yeah um, but in terms of identity though, um, I would just say that like, I've definitely kind of conditioned myself and I've had to uncondition myself to certain ways of wanting to conform to a, to the, a norm, mm-hmm. a, a norm that's been placed on, uh, well, this is, and this is my own opinion, right? But, yeah, um, this, this norm of okay, you have to do certain things in a certain way to impress, you know, Mm -hmm. a white person, really, because in certain spaces, that's the authority. Yeah. And we're working on ways to, you know, deconstruct that and get it back to a level of equality. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, that's all I've known my whole life. It's that, oh, if I work really hard and, and do everything right, then maybe I'll have you know, the same experience as a white person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, <laughs> I don't actually want that. Right. <laughs> I want my own experience and I want to impress myself. Yeah. Right? And so that's something that I've kind of had to deconstruct 
and I'm still like working on it, but it's something that it's like very deeply, um, kind of in a way been a source of trauma because mm, it is trauma. It's, it's so much like, there's so much thought that goes into overthinking things like that. And it's a, it's a source of anxiety for me because I have to think about how I'm going to present myself in a social setting every time I go into a social setting because I'm always in the back of my mind thinking, oh, I need to impress this mm-hmm. whoever, right. right? And so. Yeah, I definitely agree. It, um, that is something that I definitely hold on to, especially in grad school, because it's always, you like, you knew going in that, like, if you saw black people in undergrad, you were going to see less in grad school. Like, it just, because it, it were already so many uh, little undergrads who weren't, black or brown so then going into grad school you're like oh well this ain't gonna change so then you get here and one of the things like i try to do a lot and on purpose is one i i try to to never dress like proper like you one i hate suits i just hate suits i hate getting in a suit i, I don't like suits say it feels like someone's trying to choke me all the time in a suit so one of you catch me in a suit something went wrong even if you think something went right, something went wrong for me. It's somewhere along the day I went, oh, this is terrible. Anyway, I won't. But, but like, even, like, isn't it? I don't say that to say, like, you know, I'm going into class looking, like, crazy. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go into class, like, oh, I'm going to dress in, like, a sweater vest or something like that. No, like, fuck that. I'm going in in a hoodie, like, every time, probably. And because it's, like, I just think about, like, if BSI or any other organization that is truly trying to push that boundary is going to be successful you're going to have to accept that when these this new generation of scientists comes into this classroom they're not going to be dressing like you want them to they're going to dress like how i'm dressing or different but it's going to be along the same lines like you said it's culture it's part of our culture so they're going to come in dress like what their culture is they're not going to come in and dress like whatever you want them to be they're going to be dressed like me so you got to get used to this now because i'm not i don't care what y'all say i'm not going nowhere so you got to get used to it that's a great great point because yeah that's something i used to think about a lot is how does a grad student dress Mm -hmm. but really i'm thinking how do how do they want me to look and it's like no i'm gonna look the way i want to look and it's not going to change the fact that i'm a scientist Mm -hmm. right like what does a scientist look like well who are you? Do you do science? That's what a scientist looks like. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, and if I'm going to show out and sh- like look my, my best, my Sunday best or whatever, <laughs> that's, that's what I choose. Then that's, that's what I'm choosing, but I'm not going to right go in like every day, you know, cornstarch shirt. And and, nope. No, who has time for who that? Got time? Not and, me. And like, Second of all, that's not even a part of my own personal identity, yeah. right? So, like, who I am as a person is completely different from from what society wants. Yeah. And I don't really care, right. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, you don't really care about some of that stuff, but it's like, oh, society wants... It's like, no, fuck that, no. Yeah, like, what matters to me is, is doing good work, mm-hmm. and I, I can do that while also still being true to who I am mm-hmm. as a person. And so I used to... Um, always talk to my uh, PI about like, oh, I'm thinking about, you know, getting a piercing or I'm thinking about, you know, shaving my head or 
oh, I'm thinking about locking my hair, right? Mm. That's a big thing that I like really struggled with at the beginning because I've, for the record, I've been locked for almost two years now. <laughs> Snaps to me. <laughs> nice. But um, before I did it, I actually asked my boss, like, is this okay if I lock my hair? Is it going to be professional? And, and I was like, why? And also my PI, who, who's an amazing person, Dr. Carla Haddon, was mm. like, that's not up to me. Yeah. <laughs> look how Shout you want to Carla. look. Shout out to Carla, mm. for real, because, I mean, it, it doesn't matter because it's for me. Right. And that's all that really matters. And it took that moment, really. And I shouldn't even, like, say that moment because I knew in the back of my mind, like, this is who I am and this is how I should present myself because obviously this is what I wanted to do. So it's not like I didn't know that, but like it sometimes takes hearing from other people that you just need to be yourself and that's all that really matters. Right. But I can see why you were traumatized by that because, yeah. or like the thought of you had to not do the thing you wanted because I mean, it's not necessarily science, but you hear like articles like, oh, in the military, like, oh, women can't do this hairstyle or in other places. And it's like, why not? As long as it's like, as long as you're safe, then it doesn't matter. Right. So if you can do it in a safe way, then it shouldn't be a problem. And, and that's it's it's that simple. Really? Really? Yeah. Um, but going back to like, you know, our experience as grad students, mm -hmm. something that we talked about before we started was that you know, going into grad school for me, and I know partly for you as well, like I don't have any, you know, framework for how to yeah. go through, like walk in this different culture of science. Like I mm. don't have the background of family members who have extensive careers in STEM, you right. know, like they all have worked hard and they have made a name for themselves and I'm not in no way, you know, yeah. of course, at least one of them is going to be listening to this. So I need to give them some props. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, like I don't really have anyone to fall back on to understand like what is expected of me. Am I pushing myself too much? Am I not pushing myself enough? I am always like battling this idea of, okay, sure, I can be myself, but am I even a good scientist? Right. You know? And that, that gets really dicey because you're still battling these two identities and not yeah. never knowing if you're doing enough for either one is so difficult. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. I like, I like what you just said. You never know if you're doing enough for either one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really good point, man. Yeah, I mean, like, they're... Cause, yeah, because on the one hand, like, sometimes I walk into a classroom and, like, I'm like, all right, so, and it's not fair to put, like, I already put a lot of pressure on myself without, like, B-side or, like, grad school, but I go into any, a, a classroom and I'm like, okay, so I'm the only black person in here today. I have to represent for all black people. And that's not fair to me. And it's, it's probably not. not fair to all black people, honestly. Like, yeah. one, y'all probably deserve better anyway. But then <laughs> it's <that>. like, <laughs> but then it's like, well, it's like, I can't, even if I, and I do want to represent, you know, black people in a, in a great way, but it's like, I can't speak for all of us because that's probably, like, not every black person is going to be a scientist or wants to be a scientist. So one, I got to understand that. But it's, put unnecessary pressure on me and probably contributing more to my stress and anxiety than anything else. So it's, that's a really good point. I never thought about it that way. I, I think about it way too often. Oh man, <laughs> sheesh. I mean, that, that just goes, that's just from personal anxiety mm -hmm. and like generalized anxiety that I have. I know, for sure. But, um, 
yeah, no, it's it's a really it's a difficult balance to maintain while also, you know, wanting to be an exceptional grad student because it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you look around and you don't see anyone that looks like you and so it's it's not it's not that I can't lean on my cohort because yeah. I, I know some really great, amazing people in my cohort and they're really awesome and, and, you know, allies and advocates for, right. you know, equality and, and on a, on a, on a level that's just basic human decency. And mm-hmm. that's really all you can <laughs> ask from people these days. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's not that I, I don't and can't lean on them, but at the same time, when you don't have someone that looks like you and, knows your experience and knows your anxieties about being in these spaces it kind of becomes moot yeah it's like okay we connect on all these levels but not on the one that (laughs) that is directly affecting me right and that gets that gets difficult yeah i mean even yeah especially in 2020 right because yeah when the george floyd protests and the brianna teller stuff happened it was very much like where where is this support going to come from and honestly like yeah like it's nice that all the departments put out their you know different like statements and on and stuff and it's that's encouraging in the most minimum way very minimal because it's like yeah i'm glad you acknowledge that you know this is a problem but then it's like well what are you going to do about it later like are you like in a year when we're like, oh, yeah, Joe Biden, you know, and I don't mean to get political, but in a year when we're like, oh, we have a president now who cares about these things and, you know. Man, keyword is care, huh? Yeah, okay. care. Anyway. Yeah, don't get political. <laughs> you got to be careful. Sorry. But, like, it's going to be different because people, like, it's the same thing. Like, when Obama got in, it's like, oh, post post-racial America and look where we are now. And how... And who was telling us that it was post-racial? Exactly. So. Yeah. So I can't imagine like we're gonna have to go through all this again. And and I said, and I said that on an episode, a couple. Oh, I forget which number it is, but I remember saying that we're gonna have to go through another moment like George Floyd again. Because I think this was when the um, the NBA protests were going on because there was a shooting in Wisconsin. And I remember saying that. And then one happened in West Philadelphia. And that was, and then West Philadelphia has a moment. And now I'm like, oh man, I wish I was home right now because like I would like to be there to show support. And it happens in your own backyard, but it happens in everyone's backyard if you're black. It's just that part. It's just, it's just how we do deal with life. It's no, there's no escaping from the way people feel about black people. And that's what it feels like sometimes. Yeah. And, to even go further than that, you know, we just got through the week of trans awareness mm-hmm. and like, you know, on top of being a black person, you know, those who identify who are non-conforming and mm-hmm. who are trans especially are always going to be marginalized even further. Right. So it's just like there's so many compounding factors to being black in society that people just refuse to recognize and acknowledge. And it's I just don't know how many times we can keep like seeing moments of trauma, tra- like traumatic death in black communities mm-hmm. for people to understand that it's 
first of all, real, because that that seems to be something that we're still having to yeah. uh, parse with people. But how many times is it going to have to happen in our backyard for for someone on the other side of the fence to recognize and notice and change in their own families? Because a TikTok that I saw earlier today. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> I'm loving TikTok. TikTok <laughs> is a great source of information, it turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But um, not not to not scientific information, no, of course, not. because we're not going to do that. We're not doing that. OK, <laughs> but, um, you know, at a certain point, black people c- cannot be your source of like, am I doing this right? Am I being a good ally? Like that's yeah, I am not your token. Like you need to do the yeah. work yourself. Like you see it. You see it happening to me because like when I see a black person die in the streets, I feel it in my soul because it's happening to me. It yeah. can happen to my brother, right. you know, it can happen to my family members and it can happen to me, you yeah. know, if I'm in a, I used to go to a PWI and all the time I would never go anywhere by myself because I never knew if I was going to be the victim of a lynching in yeah. white America and no one was going to care about it, you know, yeah. or make changes. And so, it's just i'm starting to get like really frustrated now because it's like be frustrated it really is something that i'm so tired of like trying to tell people like we i and i I don't want to get political but it's just it's one of those things that like i'm so tired of trying to get people to care and have just basic human decency right because at a certain point I can't teach you how to care about other people. Yeah. No, that's true. You like it's funny and I know this isn't comparable in a lot of ways, but like you said something a few moments ago about um I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it. That people don't want to acknowledge that this is real. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like imagine climate change, right? Do you think climate change is real? podcast listener it's like if it's yes and you have to convince someone in your family that climate change is real imagine being black and having to give it hey you know racism on this level this level this level happens every day and then you go no well that's not something i'm going through and it's like oh okay but if you acknowledge that you can see that something is real that you can look at data and go oh a lot of people agree that this is happening and then i show you data for something that's happening specifically to these people, you go, oh, well, you know, I'm not going through it. It's like, well, what are you, it's, it's not, it's comparable in that sense is that if you can't acknowledge that, that, that is real, then what can you do to go forward? If you can't convince other people, it's like, well, at a certain point you can't, you gotta, def- but then I say it's different though, because like you can do things for climate change. So it's like, okay, you don't have to agree with this, but we'll do this instead. But there is no way that you won't be able to acknowledge if you don't want to acknowledge that I'm black and you don't want to do anything about it, then that's always going to affect me and other black people. Like, it's just, so it becomes, like, if you can't do this, then what, then there's almost no ground to stand on. And I hate to say it's like, oh, you, but literally, like, if you can't acknowledge a basic human fact about how I'm identifying and how other people are identifying, then we have how can we stand in, on any sense and agree to, oh, we just, how can we agree to disagree about my own life, basically? And I just don't, I, I, how? Explain that. 
Yeah, if we can't like recognize these fundamental differences and how people walk through life, then we're already off to a bad start. Yeah. That is it's just like what you're saying like we have scientific evidence of global warming and yet people refuse to accept it. Mm-hmm. We also have scientific evidence of black people experiencing life completely different mm-hmm. from white people in this in the society. And people still refuse to listen to it. Okay, we can't listen to the... Well, we actually can. But, you know, like thinking on it on a metaphorical level, mm-hmm. we can't listen to the earth say, hey, I'm getting really hot. Can you turn down the temp? Can you chill right. with all of the carbon emissions? Mm-hmm. But you can hear a human being telling you, hey, this is how I'm experiencing life. Yeah. And it doesn't feel fair. And I want things to change. And people will still look at you in your face and say what you are saying is false. Right. And I just don't get that. I really don't. <laughs> it's, it is mind boggling. It's how, again, what common grounds can we stand on if we can't acknowledge the most basic ground, which is like, this is the problem that I'm going through based off of stuff that you can see. You can see that I'm black. Like there, I can't take the skin off. Yeah. I, and I'm going to just say this real quick. If you tell me you're colorblind, oh, yeah. that's really, that's just complacency and complacency does nothing for me. Yeah, for sure. I agree a hundred percent. It's just, I can't take the skin off. Like if I can't do that and you can see it, then what, <laughs> I just, I, it is, I literally cannot think of another way to deal with that problem. It's like you can't acknowledge it, then we can't have this conversation. It's just that simple. Like, and that's not even... And and if that's how you want to look at life, okay. But like we literally cannot deal with each other on a most fundamental level, and it's just that simple. Agreed. There's just so many ways that we walk through life that people are just either not willing to like accept or are just not willing to like let people live their life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Really, how I walk through life has nothing to do with you. So I really don't even understand why you feel the need to even comment on how I'm living my life. Right. You know, like, I don't know. Those things really, really get me pretty heated sometimes. Um, But um, trying to go back to identity and things Mm -hmm. like that. um, I I saw here that, you know, identities, it's something that we do develop over time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just, I'm not just talking about ethnic identity because that's something that, I feel is truly deeply ingrained and like, especially being a black person. Yeah. I definitely believe in, uh, generational, like, um, I don't know. I don't know how I want to say this, but we carry like a, a cultural, like understanding of, of how we experience life, but, um, just other ways that we identify, it's kind of like through development Right. And so uh, that could be, you know, religious identity or um, really any any kind of identity goes through a development stage. And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I'm trying to find, you said something just now that made me think about something that's very crucial to like American history. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to find this. It's, 
it's on our uh, b-side page i'm pretty sure sometimes um i just found it sometimes uh instagram will take some of uh the images we post on b-side down because they violate copyright um policies even though we do try to like source all of the pictures that we do post sometimes it still happens but um it's very important because you said something about the way we come to understand our our identity um early on in our life mm -hmm. stage or our life developmental history and doctors kenneth and mimi clark were well-known african-american psychologists who were crucial to the board versus brown board versus brown of education supreme court case of 1954 based off exactly what jenna just said well thank goodness there it is <laughs> <laughs> right I, I knew i knew there was something somewhere about that right um, which i think there was something like I, I can't exactly remember, and I, I don't want to just yeah, say false information, but yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely a thing. Thank goodness there's facts to back it up, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, scientific, from two black scientists, scientific evidence of why, like, we, it, so, and then you got to get into the whole conversation about, like, race, and it's like, well, is race biological? It's like, no, but the concept of it has been ingrained in our culture enough to where it is it is so ingrained that it's it'll take generations to undo all this damage right yeah uh generational trauma that's what i was kind of yeah. thinking of earlier mm. that is definitely and i think you know psychologists are still kind of like trying to hone in on conceptually how to how to convey that to the general public mm -hmm. But I absolutely believe in, in generational trauma because you, it's, it's pretty hard to say that, you know, people who've been marginalized and, and brutalized for hundreds of years mm -hmm. don't somehow have an impact on their, on their personal lives. And we can already say that, you know, racial, um, uh, racial, racist systems, yeah. institutional racism is a thing mm -hmm. for sure. Um, we can, we can definitely, you know, go into the history of all that stuff. You're right. But, That's you know, another episode by itself too. Uh, honestly, mm. absolutely. Um, but it's just the fact that all of these things are, are connected. Um, it just, it kind of goes to show you that like identifying as, as who you are kind of gets very complicated very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're doing the best that we can. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I think you had an idea recently that we should do a series on identity, and I think that really is a good idea. In yeah, because it's not it's not just ethnic identity, mm -hmm. right? Like, there's so many ways that we identify in right. the world. I mean, the fact like I'm you know, a black man, I can't identify with being in the same experience as being a black woman because like that's a whole nother level of that's a whole nother dimension that I just can't, can't yeah. comprehend. I mean, if we have any fellow listeners out there who are experts on gender identity, I would love, love to go into a deep dive of that because mm. that is, I mean, again, another full episode worth of, yeah. and more of, of content to cover on how that, you know, affects us in a day-to-day -day life. So, yeah, that is, 
I feel yeah. like by the end of the series, it will feel so like we're gonna get a better understanding, but it's it's still gonna like show us how complicated it really is and how many layers go into who we are as individuals and mm. how like just navigating grad school especially can be so chaotic and so detrimental in your mental health because you have to navigate your own identity through through life and a system that was not really meant or based on you or mm. your experiences no not not at all yeah grad school definitely adds another layer of just like um i don't even know what to call it honestly i just, just com complexity that's the only word that like that's one of those words that like it's probably the the best word because you literally just don't have another word to explain how complex it is but yeah it's just it's complex like there are just many moments and just this year and not even this in 2020 but like in previous years where it's just been like yeah like um being black in grad school is, is a, i mean just the constant doubting yourself yeah. that i've and it's just the first semester that i've gotten through out of five years plus <laughs> um that i will experience but i can say just from this semester that the stress that i've gone through i now have permanent heartburn which is great um no that happens that. in the first year i can tell you a lot yeah it came really early like i was like oh i'll be fine i drink enough water you know no i don't um but <laughs> i eat healthy no i don't um so i should be i drink like you know a gallon of coffee a day that's fine right and so you know like do you remember the first year that i was here and you were you were still oh, yeah. a lab tech but like do you remember i was like oh yeah like i just drank a bunch of coffee today and you were like that's not healthy yeah i was pretty concerned <laughs> i was like oh your heart could stop you should maybe not yeah. do that and mm -hmm. now i'm like only you only had one pie <laughs> good for you hold holding back all right oh man yep <laughs> yeah the heartburn goes away. I mean, it doesn't go away, but that is yeah. something that definitely happened in year one where I was like, oh, like my body is on fire for like half the day. And then I was like, oh, what's happening? And then I think I went to go see, it. oh, it's probably just stress. I'm like, no, stress doesn't though do that much damage to your body. And then yeah. like after the first year, it was just like, I'm mostly fine now. But I also had to tell you this, Jenna, but like you're also getting older. So that doesn't. Oh yeah, no, I was just going to follow up with, I also have a back brace that I like to wear oh. it's sitting over there actually oh, okay. uh, to help with my posture mm. because I do have yeah, incredible you know back what? pain. You know, as you said it, my back is actually yeah. a little messed up. The back pain is real. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm also going to, at some point when I scrape up enough change to get some blue light glasses because my vision is not getting any better no. and I do stare at Zoom all day mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, deducing data all day long. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, it's just one thing after another, and I am not getting any younger, so I feel it. <laughs> so it's like being black in grad school and having multiple existential—I'm going to say that word wrong—existential crises a day. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. On a daily basis. On a daily basis. So that's fun. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> um. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if i have a stomach lining at the end of this 
I think I'll be a, I think I'll be pretty happy. Like being a doctor is cool or whatever, whatever. Okay, cool. But if I have like a stomach lining left, I'll be pretty pumped. Yeah. I have said this to you multiple times, but it, the first year sucks a lot. I cannot stress that. If you are not in grad school right now and you're thinking about it, I cannot stress it enough. The first year of grad school is terrible. It gets a little bit better. He's lying. I'm not. That's not true. I'm not lying. <laughs> it does get a little bit. I'm not saying it gets 100% better, but it gets slightly better. Or at least. You the... get an illusion of things getting better. <laughs> that is probably fair. But what's really happening is the toad thing, you know, like when you put a toad in a pot of water and you just slowly turn up the heat. Oh. And they just oh, don't know that they're ooh. dying, actually. <laughs> like, you can't fool me. I, I've already. I get it. Like, it's fine. You know, I'm really hoping you're not right about that. But to yeah. be fair, like, you might be. <laughs> like, I think you might. You might have be honest on I've thought about this a lot. Like, <laughs> did I tell you I have anxiety? Anyway. Right. No, that's fair. So, it's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, no, you should totally do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do find out a lot about yourself. Like, I haven't, I mean... I recently found out I have ADHD, which, so now I'm thinking about what Jenna just said about the toad thing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, well, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, so, and, and I'm also in the elevated range for ADHD, and that, that is something that is, and if there was a worse time for me to find it out, it has, it, <laughs> like, the 2020, man, it just, it just brings all of the hits, because that was a day, and it, it is not, it is not easy dealing with these things. And, like, I think a lot of people do find out a, a lot. Uh, grad school definitely um, puts on display some of the worst parts about your workflow, I guess. Because I have found out that my workflow is trash and that, <laughs> you know, having to deal with that and then finding out about the ADHD thing is like, oh, it's not even just the workflow. It's just like the way your brain works doesn't work the way it should for certain things and it's like in the worst times too you're like oh like one thing that i found out about grad school is that like you get a lot of information thrown at you very quickly which for someone with adhd is very overwhelming so there are times where i'm just like uh what are you talking about and then like later on like at the worst time like, oh yeah i remember that from like six months ago when it's like oh well you know when i really needed that information six months ago <laughs> so yeah so yeah. i'm a so a toad in hot water is a very good i mean if you if you prefer to be surprised at the oh. end like i guess you can think of it as like oh no this, everything is fine but n to me i like to know what i'm setting myself up for so i always like to just think of the worst case scenario that's my fun thing my fun fact <laughs> uh, fun toxic fact about yeah. me um but so then I'm, then i like if i have my expectations super low then i'll always be like always satisfied because then it's like oh yeah no you d actually didn't die congrats and it's like oh sick <laughs> like fantastic <laughs> this is working out way better than i thought it would um yeah. but yeah no especially like yeah, and I've, I've mentioned it a couple times kind of in a joking manner, but I really do have anxiety yeah. and uh, definitely depression. Oh, yeah, and no, so, that's grad school. 
na- navigating that yeah. <laughs> in grad school, which is another identity. Uh, that is another identity. Illness as an as an uh, identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. Being black, you know, having you know a mental illness mm-hmm. and navigating grad school, really fun. They're not. <laughs> um, that's just the first three layers, the thickest just the layers. First three layers. Um, so just like onions. Yeah, there. <laughs> there's so much there's so much to it but um yeah jenna i think we just have to continue to be patient with ourselves and like just know that at least we know there's someone else out there who's also going through the same thing and that's why i feel like besides so important to me mm-hmm. because i can reach out and say hey there's jordan he knows what it feels like to go through this and so i don't feel so alone you know right and i hope that's what this is doing for people because i know there's someone else out there going through the same thing and you know you're not alone so yeah and i appreciate it because sometimes people tell you think that you just don't realize like the fact that you're a toad and how hey, <laughs> I've done a lot of testing. And <laughs> what I found was <laughs> no. Yeah, well, you're you're learning something new every day. Honestly, it's and it is that is I think the gift and curse of being a scientist in a way. It's mm-hmm. like you get to learn so much cool stuff. Yeah, like I I wouldn't want to not learn new things. Like I can't imagine yeah. like, living life without learning something new honestly like it's kind of an addiction in a way like one thing that um like i love watching shows that are like educational and like have some science communication element to it like adam ruins everything or like something like with bill nye or neil degrasse but like the part that sucks is that you're like oh well how do i get to that point where i can like either communicate or know as much right and then it's a struggle. It is yeah. a struggle. There's a lot, a lot to learn. And I'm in the same boat where it's like that. That's just, I, I don't think I would have much else purpose in life if I weren't still learning all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm so like thankful for in this Thanksgiving season. I guess we'll say that. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm so cynical these days. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm really thankful for <laughs> the stem uh field because this it's allowed me to really kind of like have a purpose and i want to be able to communicate these ideas effectively because i think it's so cool and yeah. i think you know other people can understand that it is cool and that it's okay to pursue things that you enjoy yeah you no know? i think because i do really think being a scientist it's one of the best ways to just move through life because like at its best like being wrong isn't a terrible thing at its best like ideally is that the way it always yeah i mean it doesn't always feel like that because there are moments where i'm like oh shit like i'm stupid and then it's like oh well you know i guess no one knows what the fuck is going on so maybe yeah. we just can all work together and figure, that's the ideal situation right and that it doesn't always happen in practice but if we can get closer to that then I think, honestly, I do really, and that's me being an optimist. That's me. Um, I'm not turning down this mic a little bit. I do think, though, that um, that is the best way we can get to, like, a quote-unquote utopia. But it is a struggle in, oh, man. I remember there's a quote in this HBO show called, it was a miniseries about Chernobyl. 
And there's a great line at the end of that series that that just gets me every time because I just said something really optimistic and then this is where the pessimistic side of me goes and like, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but he says something like science, to be a scientist is to be naive because some people just don't want to know the truth or fact. And I think if, if anything that I've learned in 2020 is that that is probably one of the realest statements anyone has ever made ever. And it is just, that is frustrating, but I am optimistic. Yeah, it's there's such a thin line between pursuing the truth for the goodness of wanting to do the right thing mm -hmm. and pursuing a false truth because you think you understand. Yep. It's a very thin like I'm not and I'm not explaining that in a very clear way, but I think our past election season has kind of shown us what that means. Mm -hmm. Um but it's just an interesting time to be alive as a scientist because you really you really are now like questioning, okay, am I even asking things in the right way? Am yeah. I communicating things in a way that makes sense? Because if not, and it gets lost in translation, then what is the point of what I'm doing? If I can't mm -hmm. communicate things effectively, um, I think that's something that we're finding as scientists that is becoming more and more very deeply important, uh, effective communication. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. But I just can't stress enough to be patient with yourself because if there's anything I've learned this semester mm -hmm. after taking a workshop on trauma, trauma based uh, teaching methods, a workshop offered here at UGA. Interesting. Never after, heard of that. That's cool. um, after you know, like going through these TA meetings and hearing, you know, hey, it's been a tough semester for your students, so just be patient with them. But you know, as grad students. You know, we're TAs, we're GRAs, and we're always told, like, oh, be patient with the people who you're working with. But they're never telling us to be patient with ourselves. And so I feel like yeah. it's important to emphasize that because not only are are they, like, going through a pandemic, but so are we. And we're yeah. also going through grad school. So I don't know. I just want to emphasize that one more time just because, you know, this isn't, we are not living in, in, quote unquote normal times right whatever that means to you so mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i don't know i just, i don't know how to finish that better than what jenna just did honestly i don't even know if it was concise but <laughs> hopefully it was no i think that makes sense i think being patient with yourself is a really good thing to live by in addition to just I mean, science is about being patient. I feel like there are things that happen on lockdown timescales that we just can't comprehend. And sometimes that just means being patient. I, I think that's a good. Way. Yeah, makes sense. But uh, yeah, we're going to get out of here. Um, sorry, didn't get kind of pessimistic at certain points. <laughs> during this. It's been a long semester. It's been a very long semester. Um, we're entering final season and proposals and things. And so I always think about. This is probably, this goes back to my boxing, and I and we probably should get out of here, but, um, like, I think about each semester, like, around, like, in boxing, and that you gotta, you got three minutes each round in boxing, and you, you might be losing the entire round, but if you keep pushing in the last few moments, you could get a knockout, and, I mean, 
that's inspiring it's inspiring but you can't really knock out grad school until then so yeah you gotta get you just gotta make it through each round until you get to the end and then you really gotta knock that thing fuck out yeah so with that said we're (laughs) gonna really get out of here now but jen it's always a pleasure to make a podcast with you it is fun you too yeah thanks for letting me rant i mean i've definitely i just got off a rant (laughs) i just got off one myself (laughs) thanks for letting me rant too (laughs) and we encourage you guys to always be scientists and uh we're gonna get out of here thanks guys be scientists is a podcast by the black science coalition institute or bsci hosts and producers are jenna carpenter and jordan chapman Special thanks to Michael Mycaster Marshall and the Plaza Abbey Studios. Intro and outro beat produced by Delarillo and lyrics are by Ed Gunner. If you would like to donate to B-Side, visit us on bside.org or donate to our PayPal at paypal.me backslash the B-Side. Thanks for listening to B-Scientist. <laughs>